Two guys. Two topics. Two, two, two. two opinions. Two. Utah, give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I mean, I, I don't think that, that any any of them guarding me differently or that I that I don't have the same shot that I had before All-Star break or, or last season. So it's just... Just me, kind of fighting, fighting with my with myself. I don't wanna, I don't wanna make any any excuse for my wrist or or, or, or surgery. I had a good games during this season as well. So so I don't wanna, I don't wanna talk about my hand. Honestly, I gotta, I gotta be, I gotta be better, and then we can we can discuss about that when I start to play better. All right, Gordon, let's talk about the Jazz tonight. ESPN game taking on the Brooklyn Nets. And, a uh, version the, of the Nets. Well, the James Harden version of the Nets. Uh, Kyrie Irving has an excused absence, and uh, Kevin Durant is still uh, rehabbing. What's his particular injury? Give me a second. Is it a hamstring? Thank you, Austin. Uh, Kevin Durant's still out uh, dealing with that hamstring. So you know Brooklyn, who is kind of a shorthanded team to begin with, even with their big three, because they've had to give up so much to get that big three. But, you know, any team with, uh, with Kevin Durant, as much as he likes to dribble the ball, uh, is probably going to be uh, still a threat. I, I don't even know if Harden is going to be ready to go tonight, but uh, I guess we'll, we'll Officially see. questionable, is that right, Austin? Yeah, uh, listed as questionable, yes. So, well, if they don't have Harden, this should be a, a pretty easy game for the Utah Jazz, kind of not unlike the Houston game. Says he has a neck ago. soreness. What, you get a kink sleeping on the plane, or didn't Ooh, get that hurts, man. Have you ever done that? Yeah, sure, but have you missed I mean, a day of work because of it? I'm telling you, one time, Gordon. I, yes, uh, yes. I, no, no. I, I, I'm just telling you that I, I was in a whole lot of pain. Yep, it, it, that can be a nasty one if you if you get it the wrong way. But did you miss work? Uh, I was the occasion I was out of town uh, for something else. So you were and, in uh, paradise with a neck so, cramp where no, nobody no, would, no. would feel bad for you. Actually, if you must know the truth, it's when I was moving from L.A. to up here and I came up here to uh, to look for a house. And uh, I stayed at uh, a certain place and uh, the pillow was different for some reason. I... I, I did something to my neck, and it it was bad. It was it was bad. Anyway, well, I'm glad you can sympathize with James Harden. That's good. Jake, we'll every generation the, has its heroes. Didn't you, you told us yesterday you had a, a high ankle sprain like LeBron, and now you have a <laughs> a, a broken well, neck like James Harden. That broken, thank goodness. But uh, it's just that just means I've been around many years to experience different things. Oh, okay. Really, I mean, this is not the Nets team that uh, everyone is coming to expect uh, to do good things. Not everyone, but a lot of people. So the Jazz will just have to take care of their business and concentrate on themselves. And uh, did you see this quote by Boyan Bogdanovich? Uh, our good friend Ben Anderson tweeted this out, but he it says, quote, this is uh, Bogdanovich speaking, quote, this is probably the worst stretch of my career shooting the ball. I'm making bad decisions when to shoot 
and when I want to calm down and wait for the shots to come to me. Uh, Self-awareness and honesty coming straight from Boyan. Yeah, yeah, self-awareness, honesty. I mean, it it leads me to believe that he'll be back on track. I don't know if he has been really taking all that many bad shots, and I still don't know what let the game come to me means. But... (laughs) Yeah, I suppose there's some self-awareness there that, that he needs means to pick don't, it up. When you when you get a pass over on the the side of the court, don't uh, turn your back to the basket and pound the ball into the court ten times trying to maneuver something for yourself uh, while everybody else stands around and watches. That oh wow! I don't know if I agree with that. I love Bogey's post game. Uh, I, I think it's a. I think that's He's, a that's a big weapon. You know what? When Tim Lacombe gets here. We should we should ask him that question because he loves Bogdanovich's post game. Not not of late. Well, but, yeah, I mean uh, he hasn't been shooting well, but I mean that's no reason to just scrap what's been effective in the past. And particularly when he gets a mismatch, like he gets a guard switched on him and he just backs him in. Yeah. Okay. Under certain circumstances, but he's also uh, sort of got a bit of turnoveritis when he does that. Yeah, dribbling and, and, isn't and his strength. Being, it's more. It, I'd say he's more turnover prone when he drives than when he backs somebody down. He's had trouble when he's he's. Well, when he drives, he's had trouble hanging onto the ball, and he's had trouble finishing his layups, which is a, a, a strange issue. And again, kind of leads me to believe that his wrist is still bugging him. And there have been times when he hasn't exactly been a great passer, but. I mean, look, he's a good player. I don't know what's going on with him right now, but uh, he's he's out of sorts for sure. Well, I I don't think it'll last. I really don't. I think he'll be. I think he'll be fine. I mean, even his self admits today he hasn't played this uh, poorly in his career. He's had a very nice career. So I would guess it's, it's going to come back. It. I I, w- I certainly wouldn't sound any alarm bells. It just feels like so panicky to me. I, I'm just not there with Bogdanovich. I certainly wouldn't cut out his post game. Maybe his drive game. Well, when he does that, it does it does uh, stop the offense. I'll say it that way. If you like to see the ball move, that's not exactly the ball moving. No. But, I mean, at times the Jazz offense doesn't have the ball movement. We've seen it more recently than other times. But, you know, sometimes the ball doesn't move with Donovan. Sometimes the ball doesn't move with uh, with Clarkson. And we've seen both those players be extremely effective. Yeah, and, and and Mike Conley too. But I think you'd rather see those guys dribbling the ball than Bogdanovich. Not if he's uh, backing down a point guard. Yeah. Well, again, not of late. Well, he's the, he'll get it back again. I I don't know where the the panickiness is coming with Bogdanovich. There's no panic, but he's played like like garbage for quite a while now. You know, you'll admit that. Quite a while. What's that? A week. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't been keeping track, but it's been longer than that. I mean, he hasn't had the season he had last year. He's not averaging twenty points per game. It's been different, but I, I don't know. I, it just feels like everybody wants to to jump off the sh- uh, the ship with Bogdanovich, and I, I don't think let so. It, I, let I a guy think, shoot it I out. I don't, I don't, no, I, I think taking note of it isn't uh, isn't panicking. You know, this has been going on for a while now. And uh, it's hurt the Jazz. And he's not a good defender. So he needs to get his stuff back together for the Jazz to be what they what they want to be. That's fair. That's a fair assessment. 
Uh, yeah, I, I think I guess it's fair. I mean, you said yesterday you think it's cost them games. I don't know if I'm agreeing with that. Well, he's had some pretty bad ones. And it, look, I, I don't know. I don't know how long. I, I think Sven yesterday tweeted at us and said uh, if if Joe Ingles is uh, shooting the ball so well, and he uh, and he, uh, you know, that the, he he'll he'll return to the norm somewhere along the way. Well, then Boyan Bogdanovich should return to the norm as well. The strange things about about Bogdanovich is that he's he's gotten better every year. This may be the first year that he's uh, taken a step back, at least so far. Maybe he can get it back together. Maybe he'll elevate his game to a super level because those numbers will average out. We'll see. It's also the first year he's ever been coming off surgery or been hurt really at all. We've talked about that, how he just doesn't miss games. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I like him as a teammate. I, I think the guys like him, and he seems like he's he's easy to be around. Uh, and and they're trying to help him. I mean, they've given him the ball in spite of the fact that he's been bricking it all over the place. Well, you've heard you've heard countless jazz players say that one of the things they like most about Quinn Snyder is that he uh, instills the confidence in them to go out there and shoot and play their game. We've heard player after player after player after player say that, from Donovan Mitchell to Jay Crowder. And I don't see that uh, philosophy changing with Bogdanovich because he's had a few bad games. Unless the Jazz lose, it's been more than a few. Okay, but I don't. They're going to have confidence in him, and they're going to tell him to shoot it. And I don't right. think that's the wrong philosophy. I don't. And what happens if he goes? Uh, he goes two of eleven from the field, and the Jazz lose a game by two. What happens if he goes six for six and they win a game by fifteen? I don't know. It's been a while. It's been a while since that's happened. Look, I expect him to be himself again. I don't think this is anything permanent. But in the meantime, it's like, you know, while we're young. <laughs> while we're young. Okay. All right. We'll see. We'll see if he doesn't uh, if he doesn't bounce out of it and he did forget how to play basketball. I'll tell you <laughs> you're right. <laughs> what a, how am I right or wrong on this? I said he needs to play his way out of it, but it's harmful for the Jazz in the meantime. The first place Jazz. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys find could... it strange that he will not talk about the wrist at all? At all. I think he's. it's the tough guy thing. You know what I mean? And well, that, does... that tells me there might be something to it. I couldn't agree more. I think there is something to it. 100%. I think he's coming back from an injury like that. We heard Hans talk about recovering from surgeries the other day. I mean, it, it takes some time. He doesn't want it to be an excuse. Right. But that doesn't mean it can't be the reason he's struggling. But wait a second, fellas. He was earlier in the season, he was shooting the ball better than he is now. So the, the wrist wasn't, wasn't being a problem at that time. I think it's been a problem all year. But it it's a long season, Gordon. It goes through. So in those throws. games when he was lighting it up, uh, the, the, suddenly the wrist was okay. In that case, maybe it wasn't hurting him as badly that night. Maybe he got a shot. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we don't know. But and just because you did something it. one night in January doesn't automatically mean you're going to do it every single night. Well, he's had more than one good game. I mean, he's had a, he's had a number of good games, and now he's had a number of bad games. But so. It's it's strange to say, okay, the wrist wasn't a problem when he was having the good games, but now that he's having the bad games, the wrist is a problem. No, I think the wrist has been a problem consistently. Then how did he have good games with the bad wrist? He played wrist? through it, Gordon. 
Well, it didn't interfere with his good shot then. It's been interfering with his shot all season. Yeah. You well, you were the one not, earlier not when he goes not segment. when he goes nine of eleven from the field. Earlier in this segment, you were you were uh, talking about how he's taken a step back this year. Yes, right. He's been hurt all year. But he's okay. <laughs> but just because maybe he plays through it one night, or maybe it doesn't affect him one night. Maybe he lands on it in the first quarter. Doesn't land on it in the first quarter. Got more sleep. I don't know. Maybe he slept on it wrong, like your sore neck. He slept on his wrist wrong. Maybe I've I don't know. That. I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> This time I was moving from uh, Manhattan to uh, to Indiana, and I was looking for a house. And... Just kidding. <clears throat> I like that. Someone did. Clever. Someone did text in and ask if you were uh, if you got that kinked neck on the the sofa bed at Juice's condo. Bed. No, that wasn't the certain place, Gordon. No, because that's how you addressed. You said I was staying at this certain place. No, it was at my dad's ranch, if you must know the truth about it. But uh, these Juice Newton jokes, I mean, at some point they got to end, don't they? I mean, we had a nice, friendly Affair. relationship. Yeah, friendly. Oh, there's nothing like that. Yeah, we know how friendly it was. Oh, get out of here, Jake. If I told everybody you were having an affair, how would you feel about that? This could have been in your single days. How long ago was this? It it was when I was in L.A. I was married to my beautiful wife. I thought you cheating on her. I thought you. <laughs> I thought you had uh, the affair at a condo here. An affair no, my, doesn't have to be. Uh, okay, sorry, tryst. No, <laughs> my wife and I stayed at Juice's condo, but Juice wasn't there. That was just a strange coincidence. That you rented her condo. Oh, you stayed at it for free. So you didn't no. know her, but you stayed there for free? Jake. What? Oftentimes people will own condos and you go through the resort to stay in that condo. It, and the, the owners of the condo don't have any control over that. The resort manages it. And it just happened to be that my wife and I were in that condo and we looked up on the wall and there were a bunch of uh, pictures of Juice and her husband, Tom, who I happen to know. Honk. So you're saying they're uh, they're uh, uh, timeshare folk? <laughs> no, they own the condo. Yeah, but I they, know. But, I've heard the spiel. They'll actually own 185th of this condo. When, no, they own it. And when they're not there, the resort rents it out. You just need to guarantee but this it. Has two weeks do, a year. This has nothing to do with my my earlier uh, dealings with Juice Newton. Hmm. All right, we'll have more straight edge. <laughs> Stay tuned. It's a big Sheesh. show, 97.5 and 12 Every word, every word suddenly has some Chester-y kind of connotation. Our daily mock NFL mock draft update, Zach Wilson is back to being uh, picked by the Jets at number two. Phew, how did, how did he news. slide? I, I have no idea. I, this is someone else that's that's doing it. I mean, I've been checking out the different drafts. Some other to, guy living in his mom's basement. But uh, <laughs> wearing slippers, <laughs> wearing slippers. <laughs> is that who the come on? These people are NFL experts, right? They can't all be because there's about three zillion of those that hit the web each and every day. But this is from a reputable website. It's not like uh, 
But uh, yesterday, uh, it, uh, the, Mike's that Car person, Wash and NFLPicks.com. <laughs> that person, that Zach Wilson, slipping to number six, and the Niners moving up to take him at six. But uh, now in this one, he's back to the second selection behind Trevor Lawrence by the Jets at two. So you think it would be better for him to slip to six and then have the Niners move up. But uh, I don't know. Who knows? Well, I've told you this a million times. It's all about fit with those rookies. They only get such an opportunity, and usually they throw them into the fire too early. So if it's a, a bad team, it's not going to go well for them. Well, Again, see Sam Darnold. Well, the Jets have a good track record of bringing their quarterbacks along, right? I don't think they do. <laughs> Let's ask our friend Kevin Graham about don't that. Don't think they do. He'll no. inform us about how that's been botched through the years. Anyway, well, we'll see how it turns out. BYU has a pro day on Friday, so we'll see how that goes. I'm sure there will be another six million mock drafts after it's over. Would you be nervous? After everything you've been through, if you were a highly thought of quarterback and you got to go out and perform, are you are you thinking don't choke, don't choke, don't choke, don't choke? Or are you thinking I got this because I've done it a thousand times and I'm going to nail this? No, I, I'm I'm not nervous for one reason. I'll get that in in one second here. But uh, the the people who were nervous and and rightfully so, and I saw Hans tweeting about this the other day, and and I know he's talked about it a bunch. Are the guys who if if they have an off day, they're not getting drafted. They have an on day, they got a shot. You know, those those are the ones I I would be crazy nervous. So if I were Zach Wilson, I mean this all honest in all honesty, I wouldn't work out. Oh really? No. Well, Trevor Lawrence did. Yeah, good for him, didn't it? it was a bad decision. You're a guaranteed number one pick. The only way you can go is down. <laughs> so don't even. So don't even don't do even. it. Yeah. What 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 is Zach Wilson, who in all these uh, these uh, mouth breathers uh, mock drafts are all, it's all at number two. I mean, what does he really have to gain? He's not gonna. He could go blow the doors off down there in Provo on Friday. He's not moving up to number one, and he probably doesn't want to go number two anyway. So I would I would just say you know what I, I got a lot of tape out there. Have a nice day. It occurs to me that maybe he should go to the Jets and say, "Hey, would you want me to work out on, on pro day?" And if they say yes, then don't do it. Yeah, <laughs> that's a great strategy, Gordon. I think you're yeah. on the money. Whatever right they there. want you to do, do the don't opposite. Do it. Yeah. Go out. It's and- different this year. The pro drafts are different this year because the combines don't exist. The combine. Yeah. I'd I'd put some self-serving uh, YouTube thing out there and say, "Hey, here you go." <laughs> maybe maybe you could just put like a, a smiley face out there on the screen and say, "Zach Wilson, thanks you for coming." But but no, yeah. I I in serious all seriousness, I don't know what Zach really has to gain by working out. To be honest, just to show how confident he is. What it's going to get him picked one and a half instead of two. <laughs> He's not overtaking Zach, right? I mean, uh, Trevor, right? I don't think so. And, and you know what? I'm not one of those mouth breathers that puts together the mock draft, so what do I know? But I'm guessing no. Why, why are you ripping these people that are doing their jobs? <laughs> oh, man, it's not all of them, Gordon, just most. <laughs> you just throw them all in, in that same... 
I think most, uh, honestly, it, I think a lot of those guys are, are really reckless and influenced by a bunch of stuff that we don't know about, and thus young people make their decision on what to do about the NFL and what not to do based on these guys not knowing anything. See, what's his, who was the BYU quarterback? And I always blank his name, and I apologize. The BYU John, quarterback. John, uh, John, what was it, John Walsh? John Walsh listened to Mel Kuyper, who told him he was a first-day guy, and at the time first-day meant what, top three rounds? Is that right? Back in the day? Yeah, I think he had him in the first round. Yeah, tells him, hey, dude, you, you are shooing. Undrafted. And that dude could have come back with the BYU team the next year, which turned out to be 96, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong, Gordon, because isn't that why Sark came to BYU? Because he's like, wow, here's a unbelievable team that's just missing a serviceable quarterback. Did he, uh, did he, did he get drafted in the last round? Or was he Maybe he did. Run? Maybe he did. He he was not anyway, a first-day draft pick, yeah. and he didn't make it in the NFL. So, I mean, there was a real critical decision for that guy based on some real bad advice from some guy who's basically guessing. Yeah, but I don't think these guys are making those decisions based on the mock drafts. I think they're talking to, I think they're talking to people on the inside. Well, I mean, okay. Right? I mean, wouldn't you expect, uh, isn't that, we hear that all the time, that guys consider... Uh, the draft, and then they then they get consulted by uh, those in and around the league, and they decide to come back. That's the case whatever. now, where you can submit your whatever application, and the NFL will give it back to you. But that wasn't necessarily the case uh, back in the day. But I I just I don't know the mock drafts like like even these guys in the know, like you say, and this is kind of an interesting place to start the show, but. You know, let's say they are getting information from NFL front offices. Who's to know if that information is even close to correct or not? Yeah. Or they're just being manipulated. And who knows what agents these guys are dialed into? You know, a a guy like Mel Kuyper is certainly connected in that world. And some of them are probably saying, hey, bump my guys up. Let's get some juice around my dudes. You know, how do you know these guys aren't doing that sort of thing? I just mock drafts are fun because drafts are fun. And because it's where pro sports and college sports, two passions of a lot of sports fans, merge. And it's this weird competitive ranking pride thing. And it it draws a lot of eyeballs and draws a lot of attention and draws a lot of clicks. But the truth is that even if these guys are quote-unquote in the know, they're not. Yeah, but you develop, just like anybody else in our business, you develop sources through the years. And if somebody burns you, you're not going to believe them the next time around. Right? Most of these mock draft guys aren't going to be around next time around. What do you mean? There's just so many of them out there now. Yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking about reputable sites. You know, I mean, it's, these are people who aren't fly by night deals. And if somebody, if you go to a source, and they they end up they're BSing you, and you find out later, then next year you're not gonna you're not gonna go to them. And and I don't think uh, the the guys who do this. On the uh, on the major sites, really are are going to be disappearing. Although, how often is Mel Kuyper right? Has anybody ever figured that out? I I'm sure we could look for something. I, I he's not right I, all the time, and I would love for somebody to go back and compile him and his comments on draft day about guys who were just complete hot garbage. I looked that up about three or four months ago, and it seemed like it was there. They did they ranked the different guys according to how accurate they've been over the last, I think it was like 10 years or something. And Mel wasn't near the top of the list. I'm sure he was. But he's, he's, he's making his 
Where, where's the money. where's the tape on Mel Kiper when Tom Brady got drafted to the Patriots? Well, this guy stinks. <laughs> the backup basically the whole time in Michigan. I can't imagine why the pay- just typical Patriots, you know. Although yeah. I guess they were good when they drafted Tom Brady because they had Drew Bledsoe and they had made a, a Super Bowl not that long before they drafted him, right? But anyway. And what round was he in? Six, Six or something? Six. Yeah, that's... Uh, I that thought this somebody... guy was going to be an undrafted free agent for sure. I can't believe the Patriots are drafting this dude. You know, no experience. I've, I've told you this before, but I, I think that's kind of encouraging that, that, that even the people who study these things out, if that's what they do, it sounds like you're calling that into question too. But uh, I'm talking about NFL scouts and others. Uh, they, they, they misread it because if the Patriots had known that Tom Brady was going to be as good as he was, there's no way they would have waited that long to draft him. Mm-hmm. But, Isn't that what Frank Layden always says about John Stockton? Yeah, they would have drafted him higher. Yeah, they would have they would have moved up to get him. But uh, but anyway, I, I don't know. I, you know. I'm not sure that's I'm not 100 percent sure that's true, because the guys are measuring what other teams are doing. And if you think you can get a guy later, then why burn a pick on him early? Right, which is something that we talked about the other day, right? Yep. You know, teams trading back and that sort of thing because they don't want to take somebody too early and they don't want to reach on a guy that turns out to be a bust. And it's, this is where those uh, mock draft people actually have some power because they sway opinion with fan bases. And so all of a sudden teams get gun-shy and draft players that they're not so sure of because they don't want to face the backlash. I, I find uh, one of the reasons I think these, these mock drafts are so interesting, Jake, is because of the movement of the players. I mean, St. George's own Penny Sewell, I mean, he for a long time he was a top three, top four, top five pick at worst. And in this particular mock draft, they have him all the way down at, uh, at nine, going to the Broncos. You know, I, I, he isn't, wasn't he the best offensive lineman in the country? I know he didn't play this last year. He just, he, he waited it out, but I mean, that, that kid's a stud. And if I got a good quarterback like Burrow, I, I'm drafting Ben Sewell to protect him. You know, this draft has, uh, has the Bengals picking at five, uh, taking Jamar Chase. But I, I, I think, as important as quarterbacks are, and we talk about this all the time, how they are so much of the team, I'm protecting him with my left tackle, man. I'm getting Penny Sewell in there, and I'm saying, son, you take care of your business, and you're going to make a lot of money in this league. Yeah, then you draft Penny. If he turns out to stink, you get fired. <laughs> He's not going to. That kid's, that kid's a guarantee, isn't he? Oh, I don't think there is such a thing. Maybe not. Uh, yeah, I mean, we've seen enough. You know, look at the NBA. We've seen enough Anthony Bennett's out there. I don't think there is a guarantee. Well, we shall see. But it's not that far off, and it's uh, it's interesting to think about uh, where Zach might go because he's so highly thought of. Somewhere with a, a decent management, decent ownership, and some players. That's where Zach needs to end up. <laughs> And I, not, I, in I, other words, not the Jets. Not the Jets. I don't think San Francisco would be a terrible place for him. They've got an offensive-minded head coach that's good with quarterbacks. Uh, got some pieces out there. Uh, at least appears to be pretty well run with John Lynch at the helm. You know, I think there are several. I, I don't think it would be a bad thing if he ended up with the Panthers or some of these other teams looking for quarterbacks. But, I mean, 
the Jets of are are the Jets and the Washington football team are the model of just terrible management and ownership. Speaking of which, I'm not sure it's a Washington football team fans' uh, a dream come true that uh, Snyder is uh, buying out the other owners. <laughs> did you well, see that story? I did. He's buying the extra forty percent that's out there. Well, it's like uh, good for him. They're printing money yeah. in the NFL. Did you see the new TV deal? Yeah, and talk about a guarantee. Billion. What was it? Uh, yeah, somewhere around there, hundred ten billion or, or something. This this mock draft, interestingly enough, has the Dolphins picking third and taking Justin Fields, and uh, I think they have another young quarterback already, don't they? So, uh, what are you going to do with that? I, I mean, that, that that that's a good philosophical question. Do you do you pick somebody because you think they're a real talent, even though it's redundant at your place, or maybe they don't believe in Tua? Let's go back and see what Mel Kiper was saying about Tua. It's going to be the greatest player in the entire world. <laughs> Franchise quarterback, incredible. I don't care if he shattered his hip last year. He's going to be the most prolific passer in the history of pro- prolific passers. Plays a few snaps for the Dolphins, and they're already like, oh, we got to get off this guy. Yeah. That doesn't seem. we got to do it like, like yesterday. Impatient. Yeah. Or oh, well. you, the evaluation on him by the draft guys was just completely off well that's a tough job to get that right uh, and those guys make a lot of money and they they deserve it if they do get it right they're very valuable you think agents are paying guys like Kuiper to say better things about their yes yes that's oh, what I was trying to payments? I was trying to imply that earlier but thank you Austin for I, for I'll making that it. a little bit more plain uh to to hear for everyone out there how much would it cost? I'm cheap. For Mel Kiber, what does he have to lose? Probably do it for 20 bucks. <laughs> it's not necessarily illegal. In his business about forecasting, he really can't be wrong. He's like a weather guy. It's going to be sunny in 85. All of a sudden, a hurricane <laughs> rips through town. He's like, well, you know, the Doppler was off. Uh, the 10-day forecast coming up for you. Every positive comment I say about your client is another 10 grand. It wouldn't surprise me. Not one bit. All right. I'm just not sure that the scouts really pay much attention to folks like Mel. Owners might, though. That's true. Uh, I think they have more sway than you're giving it credit, but okay. Really? Yeah, because they have sway with the fans. Yeah, but it seems like... And they're dialed into that world where they're talking to everybody. How often do owners and personnel directors... Uh, cave to that sort of thing. I mean, I uh, the, the 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 name that comes to my mind is Johnny Manziel with the Browns, right? Okay, yeah, with that their was owner. A po- that was a popular pick. Yeah, and I think the owner was involved in that. I'm not 100 percent sure. Check me if I'm wrong. But uh, I suppose in some cases that can be the case. But these guys are professionals, man. They should not be. You know, swaying in the breeze according to what they think the fans want. Well, it's not just the fans. It's it's public sentiment. You know, it's this big chess match, right? You know, why did all that uh, damaging info get leaked on uh, leaked about Josh Allen right before the draft? I mean, they're they're trying to sway. They're trying to sway Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, Austin. Austin just said that in our ear with the with the bong mask, right? They're trying to. It was sway. years old, right? They're trying to tell uh, other franchises like, "Wow, you can't touch this guy." You're going to have a fan revolt. 
So I, is, I'll, it, I'll is give... it the team that wants to draft a guy who's farther on down the list, who wants to put out the dirt on everybody so that they have a shot at taking him? Could be, yeah. They try to sway the the public per perception to manipulate it into their favor, and and not all teams are, are immune from it. You know, I I this this pro this might not be an accurate example at all because I've I've never talked to the Jazz front office about this. But when Dante Exum fell into the Jazz lap, they hadn't even looked at the dude because they didn't think he would be there. They thought he was going two, at two, and all of a sudden that guy's there, and they think, wow, well everybody else thinks so much of him, and uh, he, he was slated that high, and. I know we haven't worked him out and haven't really talked to him because he didn't think he'd fall this far. We better nab him up. Well, we were, it's like what we were talking about the other day with NBA GMs not wanting to go outside the box too far uh, because they don't want to get blamed yep. for a boneheaded move. How about Paul Pierce when he came into the NBA? And I'm trying to remember the negative uh, narrative that came out about him, but he fell uh, to Boston. And I have to go back and look, but he fell to Boston at like eight or nine, maybe ten. And you remember him coming out of Kansas. I mean, dude was an All-American on a great team, big-time uh, production, and he falls because everybody's going, oh, well, what's going on with this guy falling? And then all of a sudden Boston gets a steal because the narrative caused him to fall, and they benefited. Turns out to be, you know, is Paul in the Hall of Fame? He's probably not far off if he isn't. He, if he's not, he will be. He's just waiting on it, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, a big, it's a Didn't big— I, Don't I remember him getting in? Uh, he might have just got elected, now yeah. that you say that. Uh, yeah, well, I remember, I, I've brought this up many times. I remember watch, uh, reading the scouting report on Steve Nash, and you would have thought he was some kind of total just loser. So I do believe that the mocks in the media and stuff play a role in, in the whole overall draft process, which, which certainly is fascinating. All right, uh, not kind of where we wanted to start off the show, but I thought an interesting conversation. Our guy Jim Stedman didn't, but that's all right. Sorry, what, Jim. <laughs> one more uh, little uh, note for BYU fans might be of interest according to this mock draft, which, again, it's a mock draft. So then, But uh, this draft has uh, the Saints taking Mac Jones. So uh, that might be, you know, he's a very accurate passer who – might edge ahead of one Taysom Hill.